0: funny because one of the my second most viewed video of all time is it says why does the price of bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies go up where i sort of explain supply and demand and things like that but it's still a price video but there's no like mad gains oh my gosh like none of this nonsense on it but i wonder how well this video is going to do because part of the thing is like crypto bull market over is in the title so i wonder if people are going to be like oh my gosh is it over i want to see what these like two jackasses have to say no offense by the way
1: No not am taking, yeah I got that all the time don't worry <laughs>
0: yeah well we got a few people watching that's probably good enough uh, to get um, to get going with the intro so let me just hit the intro and we'll just get this thing started <laughs> All right. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for watching. Uh, happy Friday. I am joined by the one and only uh, Rodrigo, I, as I should call Rodrix Digital.
1: Rodrix. It's a new Rodericks. name. I want to be yes. cool.
0: Yeah, you just got to put a big X on your forehead now. Rodrix, just to remind people. <laughs> and uh, so, and uh, we had you on last time to talk about the Dash Investment Foundation, stuff like that. But now we're just much more casually talking about the news and things that's going on. And so just to remind everyone who's watching, obviously please subscribe and like, and stuff to crank up the uh, algorithms. Uh, but also, um, feel free to go to coin slash the desert lakes and ask a question via the super chat. I'm so, so much more likely to answer a question. If there's some coins behind it is, you know, you know how the world works. That's why we're all in this thing. Just kidding. Um, so, Let's get on with this main thing, though. Uh, bull market, bear market, where are we? So, before we even go into like a headline thing, let's just talk about the general stuff. I mean, well, the markets have dipped, and a lot of people are saying, "Oh, just wait until we're gonna have this double top blow off. It's gonna, you know, December is gonna ex- melt faces." I've heard that term a lot. Melt your face. Melt faces. There's a lot of like, melting face, you know, and then it hasn't really melted a lot of faces. It's just like stuff hasn't done super well, like the markets haven't been really bouncy right now. So uh, what do you what is your personal opinion? Do you think that this is going to be um, do you think that the bull market is over and if not, when do you think the neck, when do you think it is going to be over? And yeah, go go for it.
1: Well, well, first of all, Joel, thanks for having me again, man. Always a mm-hmm. pleasure to be here. Uh, uh first of all, we have to understand everybody on Twitter or Reddit, the uh, majority of the people do not use their real names. Mm-hmm. You know, you always had your real name, I always had my real name. I just recently changed to Roderick's because there's another five YouTubers, Rodrigo in Brazil, it's a very popular not- name. Mm-hmm. And 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 people still know me as like oh 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 yeah, the Dash guy, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I know him. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so I I needed to create an identity, you know. I was told by a yeah. marketing a girl that uh, is doing some some digital marketing for me, and all that. So everybody everybody on Twitter is just hiding behind a name. and They're posting those. He's got to melt your face. He's got to go 100x. Um, mm-hmm. You, I, I'm a big fan of Plan B and his stock to flow model, which did mm-hmm. not work according to the model. Yeah. But he has a, he has another two or three models. But the stock to flow, at least, it's an interesting concept of a linear model mm-hmm. where you have you calculate the amount of new assets that are entering a system and how, how many assets are circulating into, the, into that system. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it's pretty interesting. But uh, reality is, nobody knows. I mean, there's a lot of talk as well about not being able to see Bitcoin as four-year cycles, according to the halving. There's yeah. the talk about hyper-Bitcoinization. Um, I've never I never managed to sell at the peak, I'm always, I'm always like, no, it's gotta go. Mars gotta go. Mars, it's gone. It's gone. Like everybody else, the strategy is simple. You know, you you pay your bills and the rest. You you accumulate as much as you can. I don't, I don't do trading. I learned my lessons doing trading. You know, I'm am a long time uh, hodler.
0: Yeah, well, that's for sure. Uh, one thing I've noticed, by the way, uh, is, and I, I did a tweet about this the other day. Maybe yesterday, and a lot of people got pushed back because I just said that basically buying and holding is not going to be a viable crypto strategy in the long term. People are like, because you know they didn't don't like it, but it was kind of part of a greater thought process of in the past. Like buying and holding is obviously a good way if you have something that's stable, like let's just say a Bitcoin or something. Although even that, that's I wouldn't even count that stable. Yeah, but. Is a good way of like keeping your wealth from being destroyed by fiat, sure. And uh, th- anything other than that, or even including part of that, is still speculation. You're you're still you're just slow trading, so to speak. You buy one, think it's going to go way up, and a lot of times, like the mad face melting gains. Like I think in the future, we might not be very far off from a thing where the big stable cryptos don't really go up that much in purchasing power every year. They're kind of like filled out. They're just sort of like coast in there. And so people are going to be just sitting and holding ah, I, you know, tone vase told me to hold and like, Oh, Michael Saylor just says bye. And like, and they're just holding and it's just their wealth is holding. It's staying, but it's not dropping, but it's not going up either. And I think that in the future, the way people are going to be going forward is by putting that money to work and not actually just, not just sitting on it, like, let's just say, lending out the liquidity for trading or doing explicit loans or staking or investing in a business. And I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of crypto businesses that are run as like DAOs. And so you can buy and stake governance tokens and that or whatever. And so just but actively using it, not just holding it and just like a, a dragon on top of his gold kind of thing. I don't know if you kind of agree with that assessment.
1: Oh, yeah. No, definitely. What's happening today, I mean, anybody that is under age, under 18, 21, whatever country you are, and you're not allowed to have any financial investments through a banking system, Mm -hmm. you can get 20 bucks into any DeFi platform, either on Ethereum. Now Cardano has his Sunday swap coming up or Binance Smart Chain or Cosmos uh, or Avalanche. And anybody with twenty bucks can start providing liquidity, borrow, lend, do uh, uh, what do you call um, uh, um, leverage trading a mm-hmm. hundred times x, which is a, a pretty big gamble. This is hundred yeah. percent gambling, in my opinion. But you can, you know, with twenty bucks, just lend your money and borrow against your own collateral, and or or provide liquidity. There's also the no loss lottery happening mm-hmm. on uh, on on DeFi, where basically all the fees of the transactions goes to the pool. And uh, between turns, everybody gets to win a prize and you don't lose the, the amount of the bets you mm-hmm. put it on. Now you, we have TorChain talking about providing liquidity without the, the possibility of getting liquidated if the price drops more than 80% like Aave mm-hmm. or or, or uh, what do you call the other one, Compound. So there's, there's so many. And this just proves one thing. Like... You've been crypto for a long time. I've been crypto for a long time, th- which is considered a long time, right? Five yeah. years, right? It's considered like we're dinosaurs in crypto. Uh, but we we eat crypto for breakfast, mm-hmm. lunch, and dinner. I mean, mm-hmm. this is my spaceship slash basement behind the heater, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Where, where I stay here 10 hours a day consuming crypto content and yet i cannot follow what's happening Mm -hmm. it is the decentralization happening we are in this business we know a lot to know that we can't keep track of what's 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 being created it's it's out of control which is good
0: yeah and that's something that i think um i i think that People are trying to find stability and predictions, right? Everyone wants a profit. Oh, you know, say magic stuff. And I have to like, I I have to say, people who are who heard about Bitcoin at all, um, people who heard about it at all, it's an easy bet to make to go all in in the early days, right? Because you're like, first you're like, wow, you mean this is a decentralized financial system that you know, can't be taken down. And then you might spend like a few months doing research to be like, is that really true? Like, how does it work? What are the prospects? How does this thing? And then, but like, by the time I jumped in, in 2013, yeah, you know, I heard about it maybe late 2012, early 2013, I started talking about it. And then by the mid I was, I was, I started to use it like that's not risky anymore. But the thing is, it's like, you put it all into Bitcoin and then like, Oh, there are altcoins, coins, but that's just like for playing. But now like, I remember everyone was predicting based on last cycle. Oh, you know what? Like Bitcoin's top on this next cycle is going to be, you know, 178,000 USD, for example. Oh, it's like at least 100 grand. Or then someone was saying like 85 was a super conservative, but like almost everyone was six figures. Now, this cycle compared to the last one, we've had more inflation in the in US dollar, but like fiat as well, like as a whole than we had perhaps projected. But then also, like, the Bitcoin top was so far, again, assuming it doesn't go kaboom, it was like 60-something thousand, right?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, just, just recently now, we had, what, last year Bitcoin was what? Mm-hmm. It, it, it left to 8,000 to 19,000. Now we're 48 and everybody's complaining about the price. Mm-hmm. I mean, $48,000, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. I remember mm-hmm. when we were thinking about, oh, when Bitcoin gets to $10,000, it's going to be historical. I don't even remember mm-hmm. when Bitcoin got to $10,000.
0: Yeah, that was uh, 2017, kind of yeah. midway through the market or midway. And, the market. and then
1: there was the joke, we'll never see Bitcoin at $10,000 again. And then we saw a year later, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so And now we're 48 and some people are panicking and crying. And very soon, we're not going to remember when Bitcoin reached this this price. Mm -hmm. And as as I tell, you know, during events to to my network, to to my peers, it's not about the price. It's about the value. If you understand the value and what this is bringing and how everything is changing based Mm -hmm. on on blockchain technology and, and the notion of trusting and verifying And quantity, Mm -hmm. like there's the joke everywhere now, oh, yeah. You know, there's uh, infinity quantities of reais or US dollars, because Mm -hmm. we never had this concept of having some type of currency that has only 21 millions. So uh, all the ideas are changing slowly and, and every single region of the country, of the planet is developing their own token ecosystem, DAO, DeFi, liquidity, and it's impossible to keep track. The main, the main tokens, the main projects are growing and growing, and uh, we have to keep it up with everything.
0: Yeah, it definitely. Um, I think what we've seen is a lot of speculative growth in the past, where most of the real growth happened on Bitcoin. And then what we saw is starting with the 2017 era, the, spe- the real growth on Bitcoin, in my view, kind of stagnated. It might might even have gone in reverse, and then there a bunch of other projects saw a little bit of growth, but mostly it was just a lot of speculation. But now today, we're starting to see a lot of projects start to hit, like especially Ethereum, hit lots of actual growth as far as users are concerned, and as far as usage is concerned, and the NFT boom that's getting a lot of like random people who aren't crypto people at all into it, and probably by like this bull market while it's been you know fun for a lot of people to a lot of other people who are had expectations of previous markets it might seem a little disappointing right it's like what bitcoin only did a 3x over previous highs and not like a 30x or you know or whatever it yeah. is and all these predictions of course we could be really stupid in like three weeks and then or four weeks and the price goes insane and like oh my gosh yeah we missed it oh it might be something like that but it seems like the giant pumping price thingies are going to become, this might just be the last time we've seen some of the old school cryptos really have these like moon days where it just goes, Wee! and it's probably going to see, I, I don't think the blockchain spaces um, like market cap bull cycles are going to be as astronomical in the future uh, because first off, there's just only so much room to grow on that as long as it's yep. so, such a, new industry but also it's probably we will see astronomical growth in actual usage though that's the difference is i, I think that we're going to start to see more and more disappointing bull markets from the from the old perspective but as far as like the actual usage like blockchain transaction counts and like the kind of like for example let's just say you're a uh, a miner right like you're let's just take it at the very lowest level if you're a miner and your the block reward you get the value of that is probably going to not be going up very much in the future at least not the way it used to but the actual revenue for miners might be keep on going up because the technology gets more efficient but then the fees you're starting to get are start to go way up and same thing for validator nodes same thing for stakers same thing for liquidity providing same thing for everything else pretty much so yeah it's going to be crypto is going to grow exponentially but as far as like the the casino, the get rich quick scheme kind of thing. I think the casino is starting to wind down.
1: Yeah, and, and what we have to understand as well is uh, t- today, majority of people get into crypto. Once I got into crypto, you know, mm-hmm. a while back, the conversation was scalability it was centralization. People get into crypto today, they don't even know what this means. What is a DAO? What's mm-hmm. they? are just concerned of how much money they can put in, how much money they can make it, mm-hmm. and that's why there's a lot of boons in a lot boons in a lot of a uh, uh, projects because they have a lot of marketing through Tik TikTok and mm-hmm. and Reddit and, and other and other platforms. Uh, I don't know if how healthy this is. We will have a correction mm-hmm. at one point, like we we had it from 2017 to 2019, from twenty thousand dollars to three thousand dollars Bitcoin. I don't believe this is the the top yet. Maybe mm-hmm. I think another uh, three to six months of growth, and we have to combine with traditional stock market this madness of pandemic or pandemic or you know mm-hmm. the states trying to take over and stop people from moving. What is the, the real advantage? You know, people think because of a piece of paper saying you 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 have a vaccine, you you gotta be able to walk or go do grocery shopping. There's a lot of variables to calculate. Mm-hmm. but what we know for sure is crypto is here to stay. yeah, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. the mm-hmm. new the new bunch of people that are coming in now, their their, their question is, I have a thousand dollars, I have a million dollars, I have ten million dollars. how much money can I make? What do you suggest to invest? Mm-hmm. because people ask me all the time what what's your portfolio? What do you invest you know when I do consulting jobs and things like this? And then I'm like, oh, well but there's the centralization, and there's the DAO, and there's, and they're like, oh no, I don't care about any of these. Just tell me which project to buy. Mm-hmm. So it's the shallow investors, the dumb money that's coming in again. And at one point, the dumb money come in, comes in, and then people take advantage. And then those dumb people, they they make, they grow, they learn. And mm-hmm. then the next cycle, there's more dumb money come in, and hopefully the people that were dumb in the previous cycle knows a little bit about why should I invest in Shiba Inu. Well, maybe they have <laughs> one quadrillion tokens for that thing to mm-hmm. get to $1. Everybody that holds ethereum needs to sell all the ethereum and buy all in Shiba, mm-hmm. simple mathematic equations that they can solve. So that that's the hype.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing I, I also think is once people have, people just Think that you know crypto is going to take off, so they need to get in it. And which one's going to take them the highest? At some point, everyone's in crypto, and then what do you do? And that's one reason why, whenever people try to tell me, like, ask, like, "Oh, what should I buy? What should I do?" uh First off, I don't know, <laughs> and I'm terrible at this kind of stuff, and no one really is, but I'm especially terrible. But I definitely try to get people to use it. And once the once you become a crypto user, it really changes everything. And so like i remember a couple months ago uh my friend and colleague uh pozo was on the podcast and he's talking about how he first got into crypto his first coin he ever got was bitconnect back in 2017
1: there we go Yeah.
0: his but like the first coin is bitconnect and it's like okay who cares if he lose, lose some money he's still in crypto today and he's working really hard and he's like doing a bunch of stuff he's accumulating all the dash he can he's spending dash he's getting his friends and neighbors to spend that it's like it's like the usage bug really caught on. It's just the gains. The gains, it, it doesn't matter as long as you get in the door, kind of. But let me just hit this, you know, related headline. But um, basically, Peter Brandt, who called the supposedly called the top on the last uh, bull market, um, basically suggests that the double top pattern after losing 30% from its record, 69,000, kind of indicates um, it's bear market time. So I don't know. I mean, probably, I don't know. Otherwise we could see like a March thing. I've seen other, everyone is a, everyone's a genius predictor and everyone predicted the top last time or whatever, or, or it's just like when people say, remember when Peter Schiff was a prophet because he predicted <laughs> like the 2008 crisis or whatever. But then we also realized that he, while smart, he was right a lot because he just kept saying the market's going to crash. And he said it for like so long that eventually, you know, it was like, right. By, stati- by statistical yeah. probability, he was right eventually.
1: Well, the way I see, I just came back from El Salvador mm-hmm. yes. and, and Salvador. I did, I did two events back to back there. Uh, uh, both of them, we had a Dash booth present. And I, I mean, once you see a, the president of a country, even though it's a little country in the middle of nowhere, nobody knew where he was six months ago. Nobody could pronounce the name of the president. Today, you have a president tweeting at three in the morning from his cell phone. He just bought the dip with government money.
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, if you don't it's think, crazy. if if you don't think we are in the middle of a massive economical revolution, right? Mm-hmm. You need to, I mean, change your prescription pills or something because you're not you're not 100% awake. The president yeah. of a country to eat three in the morning. He just bought the dip from his cell phone, uh, 150 bitcoins using treasury money from his Oof. taxpayers.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of ethical problems I have with all that, and there's that old <laughs> saying about, um, what was it? I forget if it was Ronald Reagan or someone said that if the government was in charge of the desert within like six months, they'd have a sand shortage. Yep. And like this, he might manage to lose a lot of money on crypto, which has historically been hard to do, especially. But the the point is the the point rests, though, which is this is big and everyone's kind of competing on this. And I could see nothing but opportunity. So, for example, this is a, a very slightly off crypto topic just to illustrate the point but Florida and and Florida's on this on our headline list as well by the way but Florida and New Hampshire seem to be involved in a what what someone on Facebook ca- called a pissing contest with each other trying to say which place is freer which place has more freedom which place you know and it, it's crazy to see that kind of a thing where you know the um, the governor of New Hampshire co-authored an op-ed with the founder of the Free State Project, which is you know a lot radical libertarian pro crypto kind of thing, and it's just like he just put his name on that to to get out there and just say like I'm more more pro freedom than you, and we're starting to see that with crypto, and maybe El Salvador is the first one, but I like I don't think that in practical terms, like I I pretty I'm pretty sure. And I'm, I'm sure you would know better than me, but I'm pretty sure the El Salvador thing is a lot of like advertising using the crypto name to say, "Hey, look at us! Invest in our country." And there's a oh, other yeah. countries, yeah, yeah, yeah
1: definitely. I, I mean, El Salvador has a very low economy. They have, uh, I think, uh, cocoa beans, a uh, small quantity of coffee that they grow. Mm-hmm. They have no industry like a car industry or or the white label industry that produces. Yeah. Refrigerators, stove, ovens, appliances. Uh, they don't have their own money. It's been, mm-hmm. I think, oh, almost 20 years. Everything is dollarized. Funny thing is, for for everybody from the U.S., you know how hard it is to find those around. You remember those? That's the $1 coin.
0: <sighs> Long time ago, right? yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I got a stack. They're all in El Salvador. Hmm. Everywhere you go to El Salvador to pay for anything, they'll give you money in coins, U.S. $1 coins, mm-hmm. because they do a cash economy. Seven people out of 10 never had a bank account. They don't have their own money. They're dependable 100% on a dollarized economy. It's a small country. It's it's a prototype. It's a prototype, I, I and I hope it works.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, I've noticed this thing too with like, was it the mayor of Miami talking about, oh, we're gonna, you know, I wanna be paid in make Bitcoin, take my salary, and then like the mayor of New York saying, No, I'm oh, gonna yeah. get paid. Yeah. And then like all it's starting to get to the point where it's it's cool enough, but that makes it a um that makes it a that makes it easy to start pushing through favorable, I would say, regulations and circumstances and things like that. Or You know, just basically getting that favorable exposure behind that. And like there's two bills um, going through uh, the New Hampshire state legislature right now. One of them pertains to allowing banks to deal with and hold crypto, kind of like what Wyoming is doing. Remember, Wyoming started that thing off. And then another thing is basically exempting developers and people like that who create and run infrastructure for Let's just I call it the DeFi law, basically to keep DeFi people in the state from getting in trouble by regulators and stuff. And so there's like two crypto-specific bills going through the New Hampshire state legislature right now. And I think a lot of that is because you start to see Florida and Wyoming start to do more of this stuff. New Hampshire had one of the earlier laws like many years ago, exempting uh, businesses from having to do money transmitter laws when uh, New York did the bit license thing. And so now... Now it's just like the competition is going. And I love when people compete because then the end product ends up being higher. Like, for example, we're talking about the payments world, right? The crypto payments world. I mean, we have Bitcoin Cash. We got Dash. We got maybe Bitcoin SV, depending on how much they want to be viewed like that. Then we had Nano and we have eCash, formerly ABC. They're all kind of trying to do this one. And I think that's, I'm starting to see some cross disciplinary influence so to speak i'm starting to see they're starting to to see what the others doing and trying to replicate their successes and same thing with the ethereum killer world right we got ethereum and then we got okay binance smart chain tron used to be a thing i don't know if it is anymore but then then you got you know solana and you got all a bunch of other things and they're all fighting for top spot that's making them all better as a result so i think it's gonna be a pretty exciting time
1: it's it's the protocol wars it's the protocol wars you know it's the hype the money the 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 marketing mm-hmm. and it's the decentralization and it's just the beginning 2017 how many tokens coins we had 5000 today there's over 500000 if you count mm-hmm. the tokens on defi the pairs of liquidity providers and those farming mm-hmm. pancakes swaps whatever it's 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 happening and you mentioned about solana as well you, you said yeah let's just go into that for the, for the yeah. ddos attack
0: yeah that it remained on so solana had reportedly suffered a ddos attack which clogged up the network temporarily although the network apparently remained online and but the performance was hit like it got clogged up kind of like what i would remember what i would remember um as the ethereum crypto kitties and ico remember when the whole network was basically unusable for a period of time because everything went through although in this case it wasn't that was just tons of usage in this case it seems to be like a ddos attack like an actual like overload that's not just oh a bunch of customers and stuff and as far as i'm aware and i really have not done a ton of research into solana which is you know my mistake but I believe that they don't really have transaction fees, or they don't have high transaction fees. At least, is that your understanding as well?
1: Uh yeah. Uh, it, it reminds me of uh, uh, the Nano case as well. A couple mm-hmm. couple months ago, I don't know if it's been a couple years. I'm lost. It's been like in time, six months, man. I think. Six Six months ago, right? Uh, they had a high volume of transactions being sent to the network. Nano mm-hmm. has, uh, uh, I think, there was no fees at the time. Yeah. At one point, it created a, a cluster that nothing could go uh, forward to be set, to be registered on the blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Solana now, it's, uh, it's the same thing. You know, once you have a, a, a network of computers that being uh, mm-hmm. uh, basically pointed to one direction to send as much information possible to that database, databases, that database is got to overflow and it's not going to have the capa- capability to process all this as fast as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. a couple months ago as well, Solana had to uh, hit pause on the on the operation there were a couple nodes who went, went to an agreement to you know pause the the network which gives concern but what we we're talking before people are coming to guys like us that we've been mm-hmm. in crypto for a while and say hey I'll pay you to to help me set up a portfolio and you start mm-hmm. talking about centralization decentralization so they don't care they just mm-hmm. want to know which one's going to make more money you know, I just want to throw my money right there, and, and those conversations are basically dying. They're fading. Mm-hmm. I don't see, besides Andreas Antonopoulos, Safe Dean, and one or two other guys, a new name in crypto on the DeFi space, or, or that are talking heavily about. Listen, the basics of blockchain decentralization, scalability needs to be untouched, because mm-hmm. if that part is not working. You know, your project's not going to move forward.
0: Yeah. And I agree. The thing is, um, I think what we had in the early days, a lot of people discredit, I guess a lot of newer school don't give Bitcoin the proper credit for getting a lot of things 100% right in the beginning. And that's one reason why its value has been more stable than that of the other coins is because of that kind of thing, because it there's a few things like, for example, the decentralization offered by proof of work. Of course, you know, once you have giant mining farms and stuff, it's a little harder on that, but at least for like the coin distribution the, in the early days, all that kind of stuff definitely works out. The uh, The way the economics play out with like the fees and stuff like that to offer the proper incentives to scale and not have all these like, crazy problems. Of course, it's not a, not a perfect system, but there's that that base ground layer. And then like when China banned mining and like mining just went elsewhere and it didn't really affect the network that much, which is a really great sign that the system was working as intended. Now, of course you can't, you have to evolve. You can't just be like, oh, you know, not throwing too much shape, like a BSV person and just say like, oh, you know, Bitcoin was created the immaculate conception. It's perfect. And it never changes. It's like, no, eventually you have to evolve and be able to do other things because the free market is ruthless. It wants change. It wants better things. The problem is a lot of modern things. And I would call Solana as like a kind of heading off the modernization thing. Maybe Binance smart chain did it first, but as far as like, let's just make, we let's just not care about decentralization at all. Really? Let's just like make it work high throughput, whatever, do whatever it wants and just, you know, step on the gas on that stuff. And, I think that, like, to your point about talking about nano and stuff, not having fees. Oh, we'll do it feeless because people want feeless. It's like that also doesn't, it's not a centralization issue there, but it's a misunderstanding of economics issue there. And I think that probably the mass adoption boom in crypto is probably going to be headed by a lot of these more centralized projects. And at some point, I think that we're going to have like the, the hipster wave of like the old school cryptos start to come back, not because old technology is better, but because people realize that the new technology can be censored. It it's not going to stay online and functioning as well because you can DDoS it if it doesn't have if it doesn't have a fee, for example, it's a lot easier to do that. Or just like we're gonna see all these problems arising with poorly constructed systems without a strong decentralized foundation, an economically sound foundation. And then people are going to start to look back at like, oh, what about the old school stable ones that have proved that they can't be shut down? And at that point, I don't think we're just going to go straight back to the old school, but I think that the modern old school is what people will look for. Like, let's just say an Ethereum with proof of stake or whatever. Like, oh, it's working well. It's, you know, it's old school, but it's working well. Or like, you know, let's just say... Like a Zcash. That's a, and Of course, I'm also hoping like a Dash type of thing too, and but like things that have that old school underpinning, but are also grown up to do everything that modern people want, but in a you know decentralized way.
1: If if we think if we think in a way of orchestrated government attack, and mm. let's say that they they design and they have all their supercomputers pointing to one direction. To try mm-hmm. to knock down Binance's smart chain servers on Amazon, as people say, there most of the servers are there. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't take too many countries to do that, if they reach to a point that they have over a trillion dollars in, into their system. Yeah, you know, it's it's possible. I mean, we are not dreaming about this. We're not the hypothesis of this idea is very. I think it's more and Real. more coming to to happen. Because at one point we gotta have chains with a trillion dollars on it of value, or if not more. And if there's a orchestrated attack, then we'll see which project will remain and how important this centralization is.
0: hmm That's true, like especially with it's funny because um, I always kind of rolled my eyes a little bit at the uh, Bitcoin maximalist kind of argument about everyone needs to run their own node in their own house and stuff like that. And it is a little silly to a certain extent. But then at the other side of it, it shouldn't be that everyone needs to, but it should yep. be that it's, it's, yep. you can do it if you wanted to. You can get a high enough bandwidth something. You get a, a machine that can handle the trend. Like you can do it. And the problem is when you get to some of these super high throughput type uh, things like Solana, where a node is insanely expensive to do it's basically like there's no individual anywhere or no like scrappy group of individuals that gets together and runs a solana node in defiance of government orders like that's kind of out of the picture it's just like if for example the us says if like let's just say four out of five solana nodes which is i'm I'm being you know over simplistic just for the, the 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 argument let's just say that uh four or five of the solana nodes just are in the U.S. And then the U.S. says, you can still operate, but if people are sending anything, for example, anything about convicted criminals, or let's just say like like Julian Assange, like anyone's sharing anything that could like defend him or something, that we have to just filter those out or put a warning on them or something like that. Are they really going to say, no, we're going to shut down all our businesses and move to a different country? Like, no, they're going to keep doing it, but then they're going to filter it, right? They're, it's just going to start working that way. It's not immediate like the government says, shut down the network, U.S. boss. Like, no, they're like, add these little conditions and they're probably going to do it. And then so goes the whole network. Whereas if you Yeah, have so someone
1: just wrote here, the U.S. can yeah. stop everything with a letter. Yeah, with a yeah. piece of paper.
0: But not even stop. Because if you stop, that's almost daring people to move outside of their reach. But no, if you if you do mess with them. You don't stop it. You just mess with them. You just say, Well, you gotta report, you know, you gotta be reporting this and that. You gotta be cooperating with tax authorities. You gotta like there's gonna be little conditions in there, and then you're gonna have a censorable network over time. You know, that's just the way the whole internet has kind of gone to with like social media and things like that anyway. And the thing is where you have something where just anyone can open up a node in any country and even if it's like let's just say uh, you know uh, you have to spend a few thousand dollars to run a node as long as it's just like a two to two thousand dollars or three thousand or something like that or you can get together with some friends and figure it out then that's much more censorship resistant it's like the the swing all the way back and forth it's not like solana or bitcoin maximalism like those aren't those aren't the only extremes like there there should be you know a happy medium that that still kind of works and that should be studied by the way i think that we need explicit studies for how how easy does it have to be to run infrastructure in order for this thing to be meet a censorship resistant criteria like there should be academic research towards that if there is some and i'm an idiot please, you know, share in the chat or whatever, because I would love to read that stuff.
1: Well, that that goes to to the the article you mentioned as well about Ripple uh, and and trying to convince miners to adopt proof of stake. Mm -hmm. This shows how important proof of work is. Ripple doesn't even use proof of stake.
0: What the hell? What? ripple doesn't even use proof of stake what the hell are you talking about
1: correct correct (laughs) you know but you know that there's there's money it's money moving Mm -hmm. here and there uh uh but it shows the importance of proof of work and and how the projects needs to maintain Uh, i don't think a conversation like this will ever move to bitcoin oh yeah let's move bitcoin to proof of stake very soon because you know we're using too much electricity
0: yeah now i do like i do favor hybrid models because i think that for the same money you get a lot more security you know like the the cred, the dash the those kinds of models uh the thing about proof of work though is right now the way it's being done is like old school right it's a little it's a little like industrial it's a little you know i think in the future when people rely on this kind of thing um for example people will have miners that will they turn on seasonally like i know there're seasonal miners up here in new hampshire because it gets cold in the winter, right? It gets really cold outside, and some people just heat their houses with mine Or they figured ways out ways to do that, although they are quite noisy. And so, once that kind of figures out, I can easily imagine just about every smart device, which will be almost every device, right? If your fridge can connect to Wi-Fi and stuff, like before you know, it, it's going to be everything. Whenever there's excess electricity will start, will be able to be a miner in some case, contributing to proof of work. And then you just basically configure all your house's devices to mine this specific thing according to these specific rules. And then if there's like a hard, like someone's trying to do a fork, you decide which one to follow. You just go on your app and just say, direct my entire infrastructure to mine this. And it's just going to be much more of a, much less of a mining farm based on, like an industrial mining farm based thing that just sucking up a bunch of electricity, you know, but still extra electricity. I think it's going to run a lot more on like surplus things, especially if you have like a solar mining farm on your, in your house, like someone builds, like what if someone just builds a van, right? And they're, they're on the road in their van house. That's all covered in solar panels on the roof. And whenever their, their battery gets charged up to full, it instantly turns on their mining and just goes and starts mining. And generate and then,
1: you know, profit of it or yeah. or value, yeah. Well, yeah. one of the one of the senators in Brazil, as well, has a, has a bill. Um, I, I actually never mm-hmm. had a contact with this this senator, but I do know the person behind Arthur Miney, Ray Nasser. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's actually a very good uh, connection that we have in our network in Brazil. He's been in our channel several times. Um but basically to put uh zero tax for green mining mm-hmm. operations in Brazil. I, I I don't know much about mining. I know today that for Brazil, for example, mining is uh is a disaster. Maybe there's one or two kids or some guys mining on, on GPUs, mining some either Ethereum or some derivative mm-hmm. of a of a, a cryptocurrency that you can still mine on on GPUs. But not in a large scale or a large operation. They're probably getting some sort of a, a a better discount for electricity. If it's not even just a, a illegal connection, but mm-hmm. electricity cost in Brazil is too too much to 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 run any type of mining operation. To the point that the largest miner we had there, he moved to Paraguay, I think in 2013 or 14, mm-hmm. and he was the Rosello. He was the largest Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Dash miner in Latin America. And uh, last year, he sold all his mining farm operations in Paraguay to a Chinese group.
0: Hmm. Is that just because they made a good enough offer or is it he just doesn't see a future in mining in South America?
1: No, he does. In in, in South America, there is mining. There is a a big future, especially Mm -hmm. in Paraguay, the very cheap electricity, which is Mm -hmm. generated by the, the, the hydroelectric power plant from Brazil. they get cheaper electricity than what brazil gets it's 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 incredible what politicians manage to do um but uh i i don't know if he was tired or if he was a good opportunity opportunity Mm -hmm. uh but he had i think three three farms like three whole what you call warehouses you know like Mm -hmm. huge mining operations running uh asics and gpus there for for quite a few years and he helped a few other larger, larger miners install shop in Paraguay as well.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I think that something that's interesting that I brought up on a show a little while ago, um, I hear there's the Jack Dorsey wildcard, right? Because Jack Dorsey, when he was running Twitter, started to become increasingly more libertarian and pro Bitcoin, at least BTC, in terms of his, his speech and stuff. And that kind of flew in the face of what his company was doing in a lot of ways. But then ever since he's exited now, we're like, Oh, he's moving to work on crypto. And that might be part of it. One thing he mentioned was he wanted to work on open source mining hardware. And that's a big, because any, any cryptocurrency basically will have ASICs if it doesn't already, right? Just the way it trends and, a lot of the, it's not who can afford an ASIC because anyone who wants to can buy some if they want to get into business, but it just, there seems to be a very, a manufacturing bottleneck around like a few big companies that have figured out how to do it the right way. And if you don't have ASICs, it's not really going to be that, that effective. And so having, um, I remember Dash's founder, Evan Duffield was talking about make working on open source, uh, masternode specific hardware, but, open source mining open source hardware i think is going to be one of the next big things so we have open source software which is you know taking over the world it has been a fantastic boon but once you have open source hardware then people can design either with their little 3d printer in their basement some own little mining thing or then every uh company out there can start to design whatever they're already building in a way to optimize for mining so just whatever you buy could be a little bit more expensive maybe, but then also have this mining component, et cetera. And then, you know, it just kind of goes from there. It's so, I mean, I think that in the old days, as mentioned with like, you know, China and like, if you have massive surplus electricity and cheap manufacturing around a few country, of uh, a few companies that build these kinds of things, it leads to mining centralization there. But like, there's lots of opportunities, for example, in Latin America to mine, Even if electricity is not super cheap, it just depends on like how they figure how the market adapts, but like open source hardware might be a big part of that.
1: I can't, I can't wait to see those Middle Eastern countries realizing that they can burn oil and and generate electricity to mine crypto in their countries. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when people are talking about the environment and how we have to save the planet.
0: That's gonna be crazy.
1: Yeah. So we're not even, we're not even to that stage. I think once mm-hmm. Bitcoin breaks the mental barrier of a hundred thousand dollars and the entire planet realizes there's no turning back. This is what the global reserve is, reserve currency, gold cash, whatever they want to call, is crypto, is Bitcoin and other and other cryptocurrencies. And then the race for mining and and of course, who has a lot of sources of energy, in this case Middle East, Venezuela things are going to get very, very interesting politically.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of political, and this is a good news story to wrap up on. And then is, uh, I was talking earlier about states starting to compete over crypto and Florida governor, Ron DeSantis has officially proposed that the state government allow businesses to pay state fees with cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin and yeah, on Thursday apparently they released as part of his 2022-2023 budget proposal. And there's been little municipalities like in Ohio and places like that that have allowed people to pay so like certain taxes in crypto in the past as an experiment and stuff. But like now they have like the Miami mayor jumping in big. And now you have the governor of Florida, who's one of the more um, popular and polarizing figures in U.S. politics today. But also just, you know, you have that and you have like, All the bills coming through the pipeline in new hampshire it's really i don't know it's just like the i the being able to live on crypto like i've been trying to do for the last six years or whatever it's been i think that that's it's getting really close to um i think it's getting really close to being where a few people or uh, anyone in the the developed world at least with just a little bit of effort can start to do the same are you starting to get those same feelings
1: Oh, no, definitely. I mean, today is much easier for you to buy Mm -hmm. a gift card with crypto. Dash Direct is one of the examples. Bit Refill is the major example. There was the other one, um, uh, which I always had problems using. I don't like their system. Mm. Um,
0: Coin For gift card.
1: E-gift. E-gifter. Oh, E-gifter.
0: Yeah, Yeah, E-gifter.
1: Yeah, they're still around there they're very i just don't like their system like you have to get the points and certain gift cards you cannot buy you can only use cash i'm like
0: so you, you know what's funny about that um this is something that uh marshall let let slip i'm sure you must have been he must have told you guys about as well again i don't know who mentioned what but some of these companies that some of these gift card retailers some of them have rules about con- they have conditions surrounding the resale of their gift cards For example things like home depot do not allow you to have a discount with it they just say well even if they you can make a a profit and do a discount they won't allow you to do it some of these retailers do not allow you to sell them for crypto explicitly and that's it's kind of funny because like dash direct does not have for example amazon and walmart um now eGifter does, but those are so two of the ones that they use these points that you oh, you need eGifter points. So it's like because they're, they're kind of playing by rules. But then you've got BitRefill, for example, has both of those, although they've been out of stock of Amazon cards, for, I mean, of Walmart cards for a while. And I'm pretty sure it's because of that and that they, they were just saying like, oh, we were, we're not going to tell you how we're going to use them. And they're using them against the terms. And then eventually Correct. they just, that's kind of what happened. That's just my speculation from all the pieces I've been able to, to plug together. But yeah, as far as um, I don't even know where I got on that thing, but about some places don't let you do gift cards, oh yeah. The points, the e-gifter points. That's why they did that little tangent on, which yeah, I just started I figure, to realize. Yeah.
1: I figure. And, but today you have a lot of payment processors take crypto directly. For, for gift cards, for airlines, mm-hmm. for hotels, for food supermarkets in the U.S., in the Brazil, in Europe, in Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in Africa, it's a different game. They do everything through cell phones. The M-Pesa mm-hmm. is a, is something we, we saw growing from exchanging phone credits to being a, a whole currency. Um, mm-hmm. Each, each region has got adapt to adapt to the best opportunity, and the, that's where the protocol wars comes in. Each region was going to use their own ecosystem, their own down, their own token, their own masternode system or whatever. And, and, but again, the main top, the main, the giant, the king is, is Bitcoin. And Bitcoin going up, everything goes up. The rest, everybody else is always trying to, to catch up and come up with one idea here and there. And, mm-hmm. and try to implement this in a specific location or specific uh, area that needs or can solve that problem.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. So that wraps up what we had planned. Any other things you want to talk about um, right now?
1: So, sorry, say that again. I was reading here the BCH yeah. podcast. That's not far off. Someone wrote down.
0: Yeah, you saw like
1: How like How are you, man?
0: Yeah, they're just talking about um, pulse chain, which I don't want to get into that we could talk about hex and jade and all that forever and ever and ever until Richard Hart shows up into the chat and starts yelling at us. But (laughs) let me just say that goes back down to the centralization versus decentralization debate and uh, having a single address that someone controls is always a little bit of a red flag, but I won't do people's research for them. Let them go do that and let them comment on this channel in three years or something saying yeah look how wrong you were because i made a lot of money or you know you know how it goes i mean uh i'm sure the same thing was done with Bitconnect and stuff over time but uh, so where could people find more about the stuff you do
1: um well i have i have my twitter account i don't tweet much because sometimes i think i might scare people of what i think of things that happen <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I do, I do retweet I a lot. I scare people on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I do retweet a lot. I I do a lot mm-hmm. of uh, likes and stuff. But my social media is Roderick's Digital. We have uh, also the, the 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 dash channels in Portuguese in Brazil on Otis Cost TV, the Twitter, the Instagram, Telegram, our WhatsApp mm-hmm. group, Telegram group, uh, uh, and all that. Uh, from El Salvador, I was there for, for uh, 10 days and I, I did put together a couple of interviews. I interviewed uh, four congressmen, the ambassador of El Salvador in the US. Did not get mm-hmm. to talk to the president. I tried it a lot, but I interviewed the top names in crypto in Latin America. There's also an interview there with Sansomal from Blockstream. And I'll put mm-hmm. together uh, the fourth episode of the Cryptocurrency Revolution series. And this time it's got to be El Salvador and the Cryptocurrency Revolution.
0: Nice. Hey, do you have any transactions stuck in the Chivo wallet right now?
1: Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I think only El Salvadorians can can download that wallet because you need some sort of a ID, some sort of a, a social security mm. from the country. Uh, but I did, try, I did try to pay with Light Network at KFC, but the transaction did not go through. Mm. And then we, we had the food and then we pay again. And then the transaction went through, and then the guy, we had to call the manager and then he sent us the transaction after because we ended up paying twice. Mm. But uh, I'm going to put this together as a documentary format of my experience. Probably end of January, uh, beginning of February, I'll be able to uh, to post it. The documentary will be in English. Some interviews are in Spanish, but I'll add subtitles in English.
0: So we got a, a, a Pozo in, on Odyssey said, wait, KYC Bitcoin wallet? Yes. Because it's run by the government, you know. Yes, it's,
1: KYC Bitcoin wallets. That's the wallet that the government uh, put in place in order to do the airdrop of $30 to each citizen. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that stops anybody else to take the money and move to another wallet. Uh, well, ex-
0: except for transaction failure sometimes. Uh, now, not to show my own channel too much on my own channel, but if you just go back a couple of videos, I had an interview with Mark Falzone who spent a lot of time in El Salvador actually trying to use it. And he it's a, it's a pretty interesting. He is a, a transaction to or from well Not not his, obviously, yeah. but that's been stuck for like three and a half months. And he noticed his support ticket was number 80,000 something or other. So yeah. pretty much there's been probably a well over 100,000 different failures or <laughs> whatever by the system <laughs> so far. And so, yeah, I don't know, crazy times. So that's, that's the thing. But yes, watch out for the documentary. Um, It'll be interesting, as all of yours have been so far. And yes, and Pozo just said, and the Maxis were celebrating that? Yes. Man, yeah. And that's one thing. It, I'm just going to like, you know, get distracted for a second and talk about that so uh this has been one of the more disappointing years for bitcoin in my experience while there have been a lot of cool things that people like a lot of advancements like oh this person that you know this government's adopting as this, this stuff like a lot of stuff has happened lightning wallets, some lightning wallets are actually usable today kind of usable i mean again not not compared to the user experience I'm used to, but then again, I'm, I'm spoiled by Dash and stuff. But it it's not like there's been advancements, but it's all been overshadowed by a lot of just nonsense of, uh, like just Michael Sailor bought the dip and he said this, and then, oh like <laughs> and and then oh volcano energy and stuff and like the thing about El Salvador, there's so much cool about it, but there's so much like this crazy dictator man <laughs> doing his crazy things over there. And just a – there's so much dishonesty, like millions of people are using Bitcoin in there. It's like you mean millions of people downloaded a government-issued app, KYC government-issued app, so they could get 30 USD out of it. And that was – that they paid for because the government taxed them. I'm sure wasted millions or to roll out this app to begin with. And it's just like oh, so many people – like it's just so much – excuse my French, but just bullshit (laughs) trying to bump Bitcoin based on like, there's so much honest stuff you could say that's like going well. You don't have to, you know, lose your credibility and just basically talk about the government of El Salvador, basically getting financial control over its citizens much more than it ever has in its history. I would say, and just celebrate that as, Oh, this is a victory for decentralization and stuff. It's like, eh, I don't know, man
1: my majority of the uber drivers that i spoke with they said that they actually they use the money to uh pump gas because uh they had a discount on the on the gas station if you use the money to uh buy gas yeah but uh yeah people people are getting educated you know uh, the talk mm-hmm. is in town everybody from different levels and ages are talking about this bitcoin thing in a country where majority of the people never had a bank account mm-hmm. so they're they're jumping like africa jumped from from the, the, the computer, the desktop computer, mm-hmm. which they never had actually much access like U.S. and Europe, they jump straight to the tablet and cell phone uh, access accessing technology. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, El Salvador is jumping from people not never having a bank account to having a Bitcoin wallet uh, full of problems, but it's it's going it's still
0: something. OK, so we got a super chat here from one time Hi, one time. Hey, Joel and Rod, Maximus Mainstream Narrative saying crypto is property, not currency. Should crypto unapologetically be currency? Let's disrupt fiat. Why be shy? That almost seems directed to Michael Saylor because he's the one who's just said, oh, it's not mine. No one's going to be using it. You just use your card, but it's huge. And I, I feel like to a certain extent, some Maxis have gone back on that. And now that there's like lightning somewhere. They're like, oh, but it is digital cash. It's like, but you said it wasn't for years. But, I mean, I agree. One, I mean, that's the only reason I was into crypto is because I wanted money that I use every day that no one could stop. And that's you know, peer-to-peer digital cash. Here I go. Sounding like Roger again, you know, Bitcoin was supposed to work as peer to peer electronic cash and it doesn't work like that anymore, but Bitcoin Cash still does. Like, I'm sounding like Roger again with that, but it's true. It's why we're all kind of here on this thing, right? So, I don't know. I'm sure you agree.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's...
0: Dinero digital.
1: Dinero digital, right? man. It's, I think for, for us, that we've been mm-hmm. like when I say oh I see some people do it I just bought the dip and I'm okay. like you people you guys still have money yeah you guys still have a bank account with paper I have my uh I have my stack from Venezuela here as as a reminder yes you guys still have paper
0: yes it's funny about so
1: like it's let 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 the herd come in now and start buying mm-hmm. and start doing more things because Mm -hmm. you know whoever I I like that phrase, everybody will buy Bitcoin in their life and and people pay the price they deserve. Whoever read it and there's understood back then, bought it back then, who is reading and try to understand right now, it's gotta buy right now. And who's gotta save for later will have to buy later at current price. And we Mm -hmm. know there's no limit on the on the price going up on on Bitcoin.
0: Yeah. I, I like to Annoy maximalists on Twitter a lot because they just say like, "Oh, I'm buying the dip. If you don't buy a dip, you're you know diamond hand stuff." And I just say, "I didn't buy the dip," or says say like, "Well, how could I buy the dip? Conviction, laser eyes stuff." I'm like, "But with what? Like, I bought the dip in 2015 entirely. (laughs) There's no more dip to buy. Like, it just there's nothing. Like, I I just I'm all in." Oh yeah, yeah but buy like okay, well, what about your income? But my income has been 100% crypto. That's the the big plunge I took in the. I guess I'm coming up on six years. It was in December of 2015. I stopped being paid in fiat, and so like okay, well, I, that's all I got is crypto. What am I? What dip am I gonna buy here? You know, and it, a lot of times they just like oh, don't spend Bitcoin. That's too valuable. Spend other things. It's like well, what else are you gonna spend? Fiat. You still have fiat? Why the hell would you have fiat? (laughs) Why would you keep that shit around? So
1: more and more people are learning, you know, which crypto do you save Mm -hmm. for long term? Which crypto you can exchange fast to, in this example, Dash Direct, to buy a gift card in seconds and have a 5% discount Mm -hmm. because there's no credit card fees involved? Which Mm -hmm. crypto do you use to maybe do some stake and provide liquidity because you can earn 3%? And each individual will set up their own plan and use several of them. I, I don't think there'll be, you know, Bitcoin, you see Bitcoin as a, a store of value. But Bitcoin is a store of value, but it's also a currency. You see the amount of Bitcoins that never move or people keep buying and, and, and taking offline. And you see a small, a, a big amount of Bitcoin going up and down on, on daily transactions as well. So it's it's mm-hmm. both. You take anybody who has a degree from Harvard and try to ask them, uh, in economics, ask them to try to explain how is it possible for one asset to be a store of value and occurrence at the same time, they, they don't. They can't they can process this information. And that's what Bitcoin mm-hmm. is.
0: Well, I would say boomers can't process that information. Yeah. It's easier to talk to young people. Um, in fact, I got a shout out to Wendell. Oh, my little cousin, who the last time I saw him, he didn't know how to speak yet. And now he's like doing NFT launches and stuff just like yep all you know the the kids these days are are definitely primed for that well this is probably a good time to wrap up the thing thanks a whole bunch for being on i should let everyone know i will pr- i'll be traveling next week and probably won't be doing podcasts and stuff just because it's it's hard to do it live while doing that there's a lot of stuff in the air still so i, I may or may not do a pre-recorded something but after that, the week after that, like right before Christmas, I will be doing one probably on the day before Christmas Eve. Just I'll, I'll put it back to a Thursday. And so, yeah, look forward to that stuff. Uh, But yeah, like, comment, share, subscribe. Thanks for the super chest. Thanks for everything. I now is time. Usually this is only after the Dash podcast with well, a double podcast days. But there we will be doing a short little after party, which is kind of like this, except it's more than as many people as you want it's not recorded it's not published it's just a little hangout but in order to do that you do have to go to the dash discord at stay dashy.com d-a-s-h-y and then start asking around or if you have a means of privately messaging me anywhere else twitter dms telegram wherever just say hey can i get into this after party so we can chat and yeah i'll let you in so yeah thanks again Rodericks for being yes on. and thank I, I'm you getting, i'll be at the, getting, the
1: party a little bit too
0: yes so i'll see you guys maybe not next week but definitely in a couple weeks see you guys thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed the podcast subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my CoinTree page that's coin tr.ee slash the desert links and leave a message with your donation check out the show's sponsors live on crypto with bit refill Buy absolutely anything with crypto with Shop Bit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.